listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host and Tanner File. Tanner, great to be here with you. A lot to look at this week, man. Yeah, uh, super excited. We got the Super Bowl this week, but also super sad because that means it's the last week of football for months and months and months. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The season's already coming to an end, but don't worry. We'll still have tons to talk about in the offseason, like Tom, you know, putting retirement, you know, saying he could come back. That's not off the table. Aaron Rodgers, what's going on with him in Green Bay? Obviously, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers still searching for a replacement at quarterback. So there's going to be plenty for us to talk about. Yeah, uh, but definitely still upsetting that the season is coming to a close. We got to start. You know, with our predictions, the game is coming up on Sunday, obviously, right? We haven't had a chance to really break down the Bengals and the Rams uh, facing off this weekend. So we'll start the show with that. Who we think is going to win, who's going to you know, win the Super Bowl MVP, what the final score is going to be, all our predictions for the Super Bowl starting things off today. And to wrap up things here in the first half of the show, it's a, you know, a segment we've done a couple of times here on Dudes. We haven't done it since the NBA postseason last year, so it's been a minute since we've actually done it. Uh, but it's time once more for What Would a Ring Mean? Super Bowl edition this time. So we'll break down the Bengals and the Rams. You know, if either one of them walk away with the victory, what would it mean for that franchise and the players on those teams? So we'll wrap up with that. And Tanner, in the second half of the show, kind of taking a step back. Yeah, we're going to hop in the time machine, go back about five months to our preseason yeah. predictions. Yeah. We predicted the division winners. We predicted the award winners. We predicted the playoff teams in each conference. Yeah. We're going to take a look back at those and see where our biggest hits were and where our biggest misses were. Right. And then to end the show, uh, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, the NBA has their trade deadline, so we're going to be talking all things trading deadline. Yeah, a lot already happened. We recorded here on a Tuesday night, but a lot already happened You know, all day today. It feels like there was a trade almost every hour in the NBA, so we'll break down all the trades, what we think might be coming before Thursday. But, Tanner, it is officially time. We are officially here the last week of the NFL season. The big game is on Sunday in L.A. Rams are currently four-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, obviously they are the home team, even though the Bengals are technically the home team. They, they designated them. They're playing in their homes, you know, their new stadium, obviously. Right. So let's start with you, Tanner. Who are you picking this weekend and why? I'm taking the Rams. I think the Rams are the, the better roster. I think the Rams are have the better coach. They're playing at home. They don't want to see another team celebrate a Super Bowl on their field. But yeah, yeah. It, the other team has Joe Burrow, so 
Joe Shiesty, but, man. That's our guy. Yeah, but I, I, I think I think the Rams are the better team. So I got I got the Rams. What about you? Uh, I am going with the underdog. Okay. I've I've got the Bengals this weekend. You know, I felt bad for not picking them last week or a couple weeks ago against Kansas City. I'm just kind of tired of counting these guys out. You know, this team wasn't expected to make the playoffs, let alone win the AFC North, which they ended up doing, obviously. Next to no one saw them beating the number one seed in the Tennessee Titans. I did predict that. That's neither here nor there. And then as well as no one saw them going on and beating the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to go to the Super Bowl. Right. So next to no one saw all those things coming. I'm kind of tired of counting this team out. The defense has been phenomenal here in the postseason. Also to wrap up the regular season, they held Kansas City. We know how explosive that offense can be. Held them to three points in the second half of their matchup. They also lead uh, in the playoffs as far as takeaways go. They have seven takeaways. It's tied for the most in the league as far as the postseason. They picked off Ryan Tannehill three times, picked off Mahomes twice. Uh, talking about Derrick Henry, you know, he was coming back. People were saying him coming back was a big reason people were picking Tennessee. They held him to 62 yards rushing on 20 carries. So 20 carries, only 62 yards rushing. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not all, you know, not all positives here. I do have some concerns with the offensive line. He was obviously sacked nine times against Tennessee. Still ended up getting the win, but nine times. I don't know how that's not a playoff record right there. But as far as offensively, though, it's not just that bad offensive line. They also do, you know, on the positive side, they do have a lot of playmakers that are kind of make up for that line, right? They got Jamar Chase, Mixon, Higgins, Boyd. All these guys can make plays with the ball in their hand. Uh, so they got, they got a lot of playmakers. I'm also going to take Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford in this sense. I, I As far as what we've seen to wrap up the regular season and in the postseason, not to you know diminish anything that Stafford has. I think he led the league in interceptions this year, correct? He did. Number one interception. So I'm going to take Burrow over, over Stafford here. And lastly, one of, the, one of the last reasons I'm picking the Bengals here I feel like, let me know if you agree, I feel like all the pressure, all the pressure is on the Rams. I would say so, but I think the Rams would say pressure makes diamonds. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but, you know, they have the new stadium. They're at home. They have the all-pro roster, obviously. They, la- they lost the last Super Bowl they went to. Didn't play particularly well in that Super Bowl uh, also, right? So, long story short, I think Cincinnati, I think they're playing with house money. You know, all the pressure's off. No one expected them to even be in the postseason, let alone make the Super Bowl. Defense is playing great. They have the playmakers. Joe Burrow's playing great. Give me the Bengals. You were talking about the Bengals roster being good. The Rams roster is so much better, though. It's so much better. It's definitely better. Like, they have – a better offense and a better defense talent wise. I think the chiefs did too. I think yeah. Tennessee did yeah. too. Yeah. Like I said, I'm kind of tired of counting this team out. They've proven time and time again, they rise to the occasion, you know, whoever they're playing, they're going to rise to the level you know, of who they're playing. Like I said, the defense has played phenomenal as of recently. They're playing honestly like the best defense in the postseason. This team has been right. The number one in takeaways, six interceptions, and I'm thinking they're going to have a couple more, at least one against Matthew Stafford, who should have had two against San Francisco. And if they end up catching that ball, 
the Rams probably aren't. We're not. We're not talking about LA right now. We're talking about the San Francisco 49ers and the Bengals. Like like in their uh, last time they faced off, or last time the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl, they were obviously playing uh, San Fran. Lost to him, obviously, right? But I'm taking Burrow over Stafford. Uh, but the main reason is I feel like all the pressure is on them and. Everyone also, everyone is picking this L.A. team to beat Cincinnati. I feel, it feels like everyone's already riding off the Bengals when it's like, have you not seen what they've done to get this far? You could say maybe they've run out of gas. Maybe they exuded all of their energy to get to this point. That's a fair point. We saw that kind of with Kansas City against, against Cincinnati in the second half. That game against Buffalo kind of ran out of gas in the second half against Cincinnati, right? But you could also say that that was simply the pressure that they were putting on Mahomes. They picked him off twice in the second half. I don't know. I, I really don't like the fact, you know, especially when everyone's picking one team. Everyone, I, I haven't seen really a single person come out and say, hey, I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals. That's not the biggest reason here, but – I like them this weekend. I'm, I'm kind of tired of counting them out. They've beaten the Chiefs. They beat the number one seed, Tennessee Titans. Why can't they beat this Rams team? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they can win, but I just think it's more likely that the Rams win. They're playing at home in the Super Bowl. The Rams should win this game. Yeah, the and Rams that's what you said. They definitely have win more this pressure on them to win. Exactly, right? So it's on them. You, should, you, have, you have the better roster. You're at home. They should win. Are they going to? Are they going to? I'm going to say no. What's your score prediction? Uh, it's going to be close. Okay, so Rams are obviously favored by four and a half. I'm taking the Bengals to win by four, right? So I think I think since I'm taking Cincy minus four and a half. Or sorry, plus four and a half. 31-27, Bengals win. That's over as well because the line yeah, is I'll take the old, I'll, yeah i'll take the so over, taking the well. over and the Bengals money line how about you i got rams 31 23 so i'm also taking the over in this game but i'm taking the rams to cover. to cover yeah i think we see 31 23 Bengals had the ball in the game not enough time don't get it done Hey, we've seen them at the end of ball games, though. So if they have a chance to come down and do it, again, I'm putting my faith in Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals here. My, my biggest philosophy, my biggest thought in this in this process is kind of just also like, why not? Why not the Bengals at this point? They've made it this far. Who's to say they're not going to finish it off and you know finish off this legendary I, run? I hope they do. Out? I'm definitely rooting for the. Yeah, Bengals. I know you want the Bengals to win, but you're kind of you're picking with your heart instead, and your 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 head instead of your heart. I'm kind of flipping it. I'm flipping. It. I've I've honestly had more success picking with my heart instead of my head. I, I with my my head picked Kansas City last week or last couple weeks, so I'm going with Cincinnati. I wanted to pick them. I'm kind of trying to redeem myself from that from that Kansas City game. Yeah, I'm definitely going. So, so do oh, so you think the Rams win by around seven? Who who do you think uh, takes home the MVP award, Super Bowl MVP? I got Cooper Cup taking home the MVP award, putting up a stat line. We'll say uh, 11 catches, 145 yards, two tutties. Oh, takes home my. the MVP. Oh, that is quite a Super Bowl stat line right there. And if he does that, it's safe to say we can call him not to get ahead of ourselves. That's the best receiver in football, more than likely, if he's able to go out and do that. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. You're here in just a moment, right? But 
I'm going to go with Joe Burrow as my Super Bowl MVP. As I said, if they're going to win this game, he's going to have to, you know, have an A plus and A. He's going to have to be, you know, play at, at, at the highest level possible, which we have seen from him, right? And, and big moments he has delivered. I'm thinking he does the exact same thing here. My biggest concern, though, as I brought up a moment ago, is that offensive line. It really is a liability. It's the, it's the you know, the worst part. Of this roster has got and to be the that Rams have line. a great front seven. Great I mean, a great, great rush. defensive line. Great yeah, defensive they, line. They are I mean. going to be getting to the quarterback better next. But so did Tennessee, and they, and they did sack him nine. They don't times. have Aaron Donald. <laughs> they, no, they don't. But as far as the stats go, I, I believe they were the number one team as far as getting to the quarterback this season. At least they were top three. So right, no, up I think there, they, I think they were number one. But, but right, right up there with LA, they don't have the, the specific pieces <laughs> that the Rams do. And Aaron Donald and Von Miller, obviously, we've seen him take a step up. Here in the they have two Hall of Famers on their defensive line. So he was sacked nine times against Tennessee. I'm hoping they can cut it down to four. <laughs> okay, if they can hold it to maybe only four sacks and a handful of pressures, obviously. He's going to have to get the ball out really quick. We're probably going to see a lot of screens, a lot of, you know, getting the ball to mix in in the backfield, hoping he can make a play and such. We'll kind of have to see what they do with a guy in Jamar Chase. Do they double him, you know, leaving guys like Higgins and Boyd open? So we'll have to see what their game plan ultimately is, right? But I don't know. I just have a feeling. I got a feeling here that, you know, something something great's going to happen. But on the, on the same side, as you said, the Rams should be favored. They definitely have the better team, the, the more experienced coach for sure. There, there's a reason they're favored at home. There's, yeah. there, there's a big reason. Yeah, and I think last year I just saw when the Bucks won at home and they talked about it after that they weren't going to sit there and let another team celebrate a Super Bowl in, in their field. No offense. No offense. Yeah, but, it, it, but also is, at the same time, it's L.A. It's L.A. So are there that many faithful Rams fans dying to get there? I'm going to say no. Okay, I'm going to say no. It, it, you saw them playing San Fran. It was basically a home game for the 49ers. Okay, there, were, there was a lot of red in the stands okay so i expect of, the same thing i should say a lot, a lot of orange out there yeah exactly there's going to be a lot of Bengals fans who who haven't seen their team in a super bowl a lot of them in their lifetime i would yeah. say at least you know these the younger fans right so we're going to see a lot of them at that game so we'll see they should they shouldn't you know the Rams should be favored i just got a feeling about joe burrow and these Bengals. i made it this far why not just go all the way well, let's see. I'm looking forward to it. My my biggest hope, though, as I'm I'm guessing you you you're the same way. I just hope it's a close, in, you know, entertaining game. Yeah, so that's what it I hope it's an entertaining game. I hope the commercials are good. I hope the halftime show is great. Halftime show. Can we talk about that for a second? I hope the food tastes good. I hope the beer is cold. Beer is cold. The wings are hot. Exactly. That 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 is the uh, priorities for sure. Hopefully, the halftime show is you know delivers. As expected, a lot of people have high hopes, obviously, for this thing. But that's our predictions. I got Joe Burrow taking home the MVP. I got Bengals 31 to 27. You want to give yours one more time? Yeah, I have Cooper Cup taking home the MVP, and I have the Rams winning 31 to 23. Oh, we'll see, man. I am super excited for this game. We'll see what it comes down to. Sunday can't come quick enough. And even though the season's going to be wrapping up, there's still going to be tons to talk about. You know, in the offseason, the drafts, free agency, you know, all the different coaching hires. We have yet to break down that. All the open quarterback spots that could be filled. There's a lot to break down in the offseason. But let's move on, Tanner, 
and do one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite segments in, you know, in DTS history. I love, I love doing this. It's been a while since we've been able to, uh, it's that time again, though. What would a ring mean? Obviously we did it for the NBA. We also do it for the uh, NFL as the Super Bowl is coming around. Let's break down what we think winning a championship would mean for, you know, for both of these teams. And we will start with Tanner's Rams. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Tanner, Tanner's Rams. No. no. We'll start with Tanner's Rams. Tanner, all joking aside, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, okay, just give me one. What would a ring mean for this team? I think the biggest takeaway from a Rams victory is that the all-in approach that the Rams have given has paid off. The the dealing all your draft picks for seven years in a row or whatever to make a run at Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham and Von Von Miller, Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, just to get all these guys to come to your team. They've proven that you can build through free agency and trades rather than the draft, draft yeah. they approach that I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams try to copy. I agree. That's actually my first thing as well. I think we're going to see more teams, as you said, do the all in saying, hey, we could go the draft route, you know, take take a risk on an unproven player, which we don't know is going to pan out or trade the pick, go get an impactful player who can help us win right now. And obviously, it's worked out in their favor. They're at least playing in the Super Bowl, right? Better than the rest, you know, all, all their 28 teams in the NFL, you know? So it's working. And uh, at the third, sorry, third, so my bad. I think I'll think the NBA has yep. 30. Mix up there. Either way, if they get it done, I think you're right. I think we probably see some other teams going on in and trading these picks for players to help win right now. Also, they would become. Uh, well, and also they become the second team, I guess, in NFL history to uh, to play in and win a home Super Bowl, and it would be in back to back years. Yeah, that would be strange that it didn't happen for the first fifty four Super Bowls, and then it happens two in a row. Back to back, Tampa obviously won it last year at home in Tampa Bay. Rams have a chance to do the same thing this year. But one more thing, talking about the players specifically. They have a couple of guys who have kind of gotten a bad rep because of their past and their, their prior teams and the lack of success. If they win the Super Bowl, Matt, I'm looking at Matthew Stafford. I'm looking at Odell Beckham Jr. And I think it proves that they were not the blame or not the majority of the blame for their previous team's lack of success. Yeah, I think it completely eliminates them of that lack of success. It shows that they can succeed elsewhere and it wasn't them. It's, it was you. It was the, exactly. Yeah, it was the teams. It's not me. Well, it's yeah. you. You know. It, yeah. That, that's exactly it there. And yeah, you know, they just need to be in the right situation. And if they can get the job done, obviously, L.A. City of Stars, no better situation for some big, you know, some big name players. And Matthew Stafford, obviously, guy who was in Detroit for most of his for most of his career, and Odell Beckham Jr. One of the you know most known wide receivers in the NFL. It's kind of built right? for LA. Definitely built for LA, right? So a lot of these players fit, and uh, I, I think we have to erase a lot of the negatives uh, that we've yeah. talked about them prior in their career. Yeah, if Odell Beckham wins a ring, uh, he's gonna get an apology from a lot of people, including myself. Definitely, it, yeah. Because I've I've 
I'm an I'm a known Odell Beckham hater, but oh, 100. <laughs> percent uh, And then for Matthew Stafford, if he wins a ring, he's a Hall of Famer. He's gonna yeah. be a top five passer when he retires. He's already top ten. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, so he's gonna be a top five passer. Super and he's gonna have a Super Bowl ring. Who he's gonna be a Hall of Famer he, for sure. Who knows if he could get the MVP too? That's just another yeah. thing to stack off. He can have a great game and limit the turnovers and you know be a big part of that success, which he already has been. We saw how much better this team is with him under center in comparison to a guy in Jared Goff. They scored what six points in, in the Super Bowl that he went to facing off against Bill Belichick and Tom and, and that Patriot team, right? So my last thing for this team, if they can win this, all the players, none of them are too old. I, I, you know, I think a lot of them can continue playing at the level level they're at. Maybe in consideration, you take away Whitworth. You know, that guy's like yeah. forty. Who knows how old? You know, he's he's in his forties for sure. One of the oldest players for sure out there still playing. But a lot of them still have plenty of time left to play. So if they are able to get this done, and with the NFC having all the different question marks, Tom retiring, Aaron could be leaving. Who knows what the San Francisco 49ers look like with Trey Lance. They should be the favorites going forward in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, I think they're set up for future success, either if they win this game or if they don't. But yeah, exactly. I also think if the Rams win this game, Aaron Donald goes down as an official, like an all time great defensive player. He's a, top for sure top 10 defensive player all time yeah. if they win this ring and he's itching towards top five i was gonna say could you say top five you'll know, we'll see he could even be the super bowl mvp if he is that yeah. big an impact yeah. saxborough a number of times or get you know gets at him the entire game right so we'll see what it looks like but it's also big for a guy named aaron donald who as you said you know this is kind of the only thing he's lacking at this point in time is that championship is is that super bowl ring so we'll see if he can get it done uh, that's so that's what it means for the LA Rams, pretty much. Oh, so, and, and, and I know for uh, Sean McVay, we yeah. were kind of talking about this off mic. He's yeah, the I boy mean, genius. There, yeah, right? he's officially the boy genius that everyone <laughs> thought he was. Whenever he got hired at 33 or whatever he was. Yeah, he was 33. He was 33, youngest head coach ever. That's that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, his so whenever many players they, are older than him, man. Yeah, whenever they went out and hired him, everyone was like. Oh, it's crazy that they're hiring such a young guy. I mean, he's proven he's a great coach. He's proven that he can yeah, take a team belongs. to the Super Bowl. But if he could take a team and win the Super Bowl, he's set up for a long, long career. And of... all of these new pieces that he was able to put together, you know, the Odell came in the final weeks, the final yeah. you know, four weeks. And he's weeks a huge of part of this offense already. And he's the number two receiver. He was a big part of them getting this far. Exactly that, right? A lot of that does go down to coaching and putting them in the correct spots, getting them prepared. And yeah, I think it does confirm that that was, it, it already has been confirmed that he's the right hire, obviously, but it just cements it, as you said, as, you know, wow, this is an all-time youngest coach ever. He brings the team to a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm guessing he'll probably be the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl then. Probably. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's like I would, 30. I, would, I can't 30, imagine I think, anyone. I think so. Yeah. I so. think he's still the NFL's youngest head coach, right? It could be. I, I'm pretty I sure he is. There, there are a couple ones who are yeah. a couple years of him, obviously, right? But uh, it, it would be amazing. This is definitely see. the youngest matchup of head coaches ever in the Super yeah. Bowl. Because Zach Taylor, I think, is a top three or four youngest coach. I think he's the second youngest. I think he's yeah. right behind McVay. He's, he's like 41, I think. Like he's, I think McVay might be 39, 38. He's, he's, you know, not, not, not too old for sure, right? So that's what it means for the Rams. You know, what would a ring mean for LA? There you go. Let's move on and talk about Cincinnati. 
So what would a ring mean if the Bengals come out and win the Super Bowl? My biggest thing, they were able to turn around their franchise. Literally, first off, it would be one of the biggest turnarounds in NFL history. But in a single season, Tanner, they're able to turn it around to a complete 180. It's insane, the you know what they could. Not to say they already haven't. Making it to a Super Bowl is is a huge accomplishment for this young team. But if they were able to get it done and win, oh my gosh! Yeah, not to spoil what we're going to talk about later, but neither one of us definitely had the Bengals having any sort of success this year. No, sir. <laughs> especially not a Super Bowl run. No one saw this coming. It no. was kind of out of thin air. But, yeah, they've impressed me all year. And if the Bengals win this game, they can finally get that just stench of being oh, yeah. being a, a poverty franchise. Like, taking that off their back. They have a championship, and they're set up for the future with a great young quarterback. They're taking the lead back from Cleveland. Obviously, both them and the Cleveland Browns have been at the bottom of the league, you know, for for a while now. And with the recent success from the Browns, we were kind of thinking they were the best team around. But hey, Cincinnati has already proved that they are one step ahead. But if they're able to win a Super Bowl, like like we said, oh my gosh, that is it's huge, man. I he's like the LeBron. If Joe Burrow can get this done, he's from Ohio. He goes to the local team. Yeah, I know you said he's a Cleveland Brown guy growing up, but still. He's like the LeBron James for, for Ohio in the NFL. If he's able to get this done, I feel like. Yeah, he's the president of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, he's a, give him the key to the city. Give him whatever key to he the wants. State. Yeah, yeah, state. Exactly. Give him the entire thing. They should rename Ohio into Borough. He, he eats for free. He stays for free. Whatever he does is on the house. Okay. That's yeah, a, for if, it's sure. not, if it's not already. But if it's not already, so. Yeah, so you want to talk about Joe Burrow if he win if they win. If 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 he if if he wins, he will be a household name everywhere in America. Everyone will know who Joe Burrow is. Every company is gonna want him to be the face of their team. Sorry, face of their face of their (laughs) we're gonna go get an Ohio quarterback for our commercials. (laughs) Yeah, he's gonna be everywhere. He's gonna be the face of the NFL very likely if Honestly, they win this game. We saw Mahomes, what he was able to do a couple of years ago, right? He became kind of the face of the league. Burrow has just as good a chance, you know, to be that exact thing here. And we, we, we see Mahomes now in every other commercial, it feels like when you're watching TV, it's always a crappy one with, with Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> terrible acting in it. Uh, either way, it's a little, little bit of personal bias there either way. Uh, yeah, if he wins this, he's a household name. I think a lot of babies are going to be named Joe in, yeah. in, the, in the next Joseph. couple of years, especially you know in that in that area, obviously, right? But also, this is obviously their first Super Bowl appearance since 1988 when they played the San Francisco 49ers, and they've never won a Super Bowl. This, yeah. this, this franchise has never. This would be the first one in franchise history with a guy homegrown. It's insane. This is like a Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron all over again. That's really what it does feel like. He was he was going up against the Golden State Warriors, as I know, one of the best teams in NBA history. They won 73 games. They were loaded from top to bottom, and he took them down. So this, is, this has a very similar feeling to it. It really does. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just crazy what Joe Burrow. If he wins a Super Bowl in his second year, oh my how many gosh. how how many guys have done that? Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> uh, did Russell Wilson win it as a second year guy? Yeah, that's when he won it, right? And he didn't lose his first time, right? They won then lost. Didn't yeah. They? yeah, yeah. So, must I, was it his second? Yeah. Are there is there anyone else that's ever won it as a second year player? Hmm. If there is, they are escaping my mind. I know Roethlisberger is the only one for sure that I can think of. And, and both I, those guys are going to be Hall of Famers? Definitely. Yeah, definitely, 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 right? And Joe has a chance to cement himself in, in NFL. Honestly, in NFL history, be the quarterback yeah. to deliver a, fran- to a Super Bowl to this, as you said, poverty franchise for, for all of our lifetime, right? So it's insane. It's insane. And Joe has a chance, if he can win this, to be – I don't want to say he's going to be the best. You know, we can call him the best quarterback in the league, uh, but I think you can enter him in that conversation if, if he plays phenomenal and he's the reason why they get this win. I think you can put him in that conversation. I don't know why we couldn't. Yeah, I think that top-tier quarterbacks is Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Joe and then, Burrow. Yeah, if, and if Joe Burrow wins this game, he's in that tier with those guys. And maybe you're talking about like Lamar Jackson, and you know, but but, uh, but with a drop off, yeah, oh, I think. big. That's the tier. That that's you no, know, that's a tier right there. Yeah, the Mahomes, the Rogers, uh, Allen, and then like I said, if Burrow can can win this game and play great doing it, he deserves right there at the top with those with that list of guys. Then that second tier drops down for sure. Lamar Stafford, talking that second tier type of quarterback right there. Uh, it's nuts, though. You know, he's under, he's under 25 years old in his second season in the NFL. He missed, you know, a good chunk of last year. He's coming back from an ACL tear, let alone one of the biggest injuries in all of sports, right? Coming back from that, he's going to be the comeback player of the year more than likely. Uh, at least he's a 50-50 shot. Him and Dak are going to be a toss-up for that award 100%. And it also means when you're looking at his team, right, we, we both didn't predict them to make the playoffs. This means that you can win with less. You don't need yeah. the perfect roster, the perfect line, everything to fall into place to make it this far. You simply need yeah, you just the need right a quarterback. Great, like a, like a team that plays super well together, and that's what this Bengals team feels in. like. You know, they're, they're bought in 100%. They're following their guy in Joe Burrow. And, man – he, how has he turned around this franchise? I feel like he does have a huge part to do with just the overall confidence. You see how confident this guy is? How how cool this guy is? Like, yeah, is, is he the coolest person alive? I'm trying to think of a cooler person. Okay, uh, Justin Timberlake's a pretty cool guy, but I put Joe Burrow ahead of him. Uh, <laughs> let's see, cool guys. He, he's up there, man. He's he's on that upper tier of just the coolest of the cool, the way he dresses, the way he talks, just over, the way he you know carries himself, obviously, right? So, obviously, we're big Joe Burrow fans. <laughs> you know, we're, we're sold. Whatever yeah, he's, for sure. Whatever he's Absolutely. selling, we're buying 100%, right? So, we'll see. This could be, you know, their first Super Bowl win in franchise history that would cement himself in, in, in NFL history forever in his second season, you know, being – or, you know, you can count on one hand how many guys have done that. It would be a legendary run to cap it off with a win. I think it, I think it's going to happen. I think it's possible. Uh, we're we're going to have to see about that. But I'm excited, Tanner. I'm super excited for this game. I, I, but I really just hope it's decently high scoring and close. That's that's my biggest hope. That's a success. You know? Yeah, I'm. I'm mean, obviously I'm not a huge fan of either one of these teams. No, obviously I'm rooting for the Bengals. But as long as it's a good game. 
Yeah, as long as it's close, that's that's the most important thing here. I'm, we're both pulling for the Bengals. You're thinking the Rams are going to get away with the victory. Uh, it's cool with you, though. I say we take a short break, come back, and take a couple of steps backward, revisit our preseason predictions because there are quite a bit of things that we hit on and honestly just as many that we missed on, right? So we'll take a break, come back. How's that sound, man? Sounds great. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half of the show, time to kind of take a step back and reevaluate uh, what our preseason predictions were before the NFL season started. It's kind of crazy, though, Tanner. Like we talked about uh, you know, in, in the first half of the show, six months go by, five months go by, and we are already done with the NFL season, man. You know, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah, uh, I know we say this every episode, but that really does feel like just yesterday like we are watching Tampa versus Dallas. What a game. What a game that was going right down to the wire and didn't end the right way, obviously. But uh, it was a great season. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. great season. A lot of a lot of fun stuff happened. You, you know, last season you saw your favorite player play. You know, you're probably going to always, yeah. always remember this season, obviously, right? But we had we had some pretty big predictions at the beginning of the season, so it's time to look where we were right and look, you know, talk about where where we went wrong, obviously. So I'm I'm a glass half fill, uh, half full kind of guy. So let's start with the positive. Let's talk about where we hit. Let me start it off with this one, Tanner. We predicted seven out of the eight division winners correctly. Seven out of eight, we hit them right on the nose. Besides the AFC North. That is yeah, that's pretty impressive, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the divisions, the favorite did win. Yes. But but we took the right favorites, and we picked the right teams that weren't the favorite. Exactly. Seven, right? seven out of eight is a pretty good percentage. I'll take seven that. Seven out of eight, man. We only missed on one division winner. So, yeah, I'm going to take that to the bank. That was and it's weird the- that we missed on the same division. I know we both missed on the AFC North, but come on, man. We didn't have the Bengals winning that one. Like, who had the Bengals winning the AFC North going into it? You get the Ravens and the Browns, or obviously had high expectations coming in. That, that was a tough one. So we missed on the toughest one, but we hit on seven out of the eight. So that's a win. We'll start off with that positive right there. What's another one we uh, hit on this year, Tanner? Yeah, I was going to say, we hit on a lot of – things we hit on the nfc west having uh, being the best division and being the most competitive having great te- great teams you have a team in the super bowl from that we were really high on the rams we were really high on the 49ers we were high on the cardinals you were higher on the cardinals than i were but we yeah. both had them making the playoffs still you know so yeah like we predicted the majority of the playoff teams correctly like we missed on what one in each conference, one or two, or yeah, three or total. Two, yeah. I think yeah, it was. three, yeah, three total teams. Both of we us. missed on. Yeah, so yeah, and, and no one had the Raiders in the playoffs. No one had the Eagles in the playoffs. No one had the Bengals in the playoffs. Exactly. So we missed on are, the big ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you like, know. But for the most part, we were pretty good, and we could. We also were pretty good at predicting the teams that were going to be competitive. Like I know I had the Patriots and the Dolphins both being ten and seven. Yeah. And yeah. I remember that. They were right there. 
So, and I know yeah. as far as the AFC North goes, um, I picked the under on the Ravens uh, as far as uh, total season wins. I think it was around like 10 wins they put them at, and I, I ended up picking the under on there. Obviously, they, they only ended up with eight wins there. So, I was, you know, we were, I was correct on picking the under for the Ravens. They ended up having a down season, which obviously injuries Lamar halfway, you know, mid, or, or three quarters through the season was banged up. They had no run game. The secondary was completely stripped, it seems like, by the end of the year. But – you know, we, we, I kind of I kind of saw those things coming. So that's another thing coming from the AFC North. Looking at your uh, your division, the NFC South, not to brag or anything like that, Senator, but I predict the standings perfectly. Not necessarily wins, but I, pre- I predicted the order of the standings perfectly in the NFC South: Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. So you actually predicted the Bucks record perfect. You said thirteen and four, and that's what they were. Come on, come on, yeah. What what do you expect? What do you expect? Come on. But yes, I, I did. I did also predict a uh, Cowboy victory to start the season, which did not. <laughs> that that did not hit. Obviously, Bucks ended up, ended up getting that victory. But there's a lot of things I was pretty happy with. Uh, we also both had the Steelers making the playoffs at the start of the season. Obviously, midway, we didn't necessarily agree with that, but we predicted it. You know. Yeah, and and that wasn't a popular take. When I remember when we were talking about it, there were yeah. people that get paid a lot of money by ESPN. One guy predicted them to go four and thirteen. So yeah, we we weren't that far. We knew wasn't. Yeah, we knew Mike Tomlin's. We knew Mike Tomlin's a good coach. He's not going to have a losing season. The defense is more than capable. They have offensive weapons. Ben was a was definitely a shell of himself, but still was able to get them that just as good as the year before though. When they won exactly the same. Exactly, he was exactly the same pretty much this season, right? So we had that coming. We hit, you know, th- those were some nice hits. I know I also predicted um, what 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 should be the defensive player of the year in uh, TJ Watt, as well as the defensive rookie of the year in Micah Parsons. So I'm I'm proud to say I hit I hit on more than likely hit on both of those award predictions right there. I missed on every other one, but at least I got those two correct. Yeah, I think there's a good chance we could both win comeback player of the year with Dak Prescott. I think it's about a 50-50 chance, like you said earlier, with him and Joe Burrow. Yeah, just because when the voting took place. And I think there is a chance Tom Brady wins MVP. I think is going is going to win it. But I predicted Tom Brady preseason, and he could end up winning the MVP. He's worst case, he's gonna finish second. Right. Yeah. So you predicted the the runner up for MVP and a 45-year-old Tom Brady. And you also predicted, I, I remember this correctly, he was gonna pass for what? Yeah, yeah I predicted that he was gonna go over five thousand yards and lead the NFL in touchdowns, which both happened to be true. Obviously, our Super Bowl predictions didn't quite pan out. I had the Chiefs winning, you had your Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning, neither of those worked out. I'm I'm rather happy that mine didn't. At this point in time, uh, yours probably still a little sore. Not quite sure <laughs> how you're how you're feeling at this point in time. Um, but yeah, there were some hits, man. You know, we definitely hit on on a decent amount of things. Yeah, uh, but we also had quite a few misses. <laughs> uh, in, in this the- business, you got you know you got to be you know show your credibility. You got you got to do show the good. And the bad. You can't just talk about all the things that you hit on. I also got to touch on the things we missed. So, yeah, why don't you open it up? What are some of the things that we missed on? Yeah, pretty notably, we both had the Raiders last in the AFC West. They ended yeah. up finishing second. And in making the, the playoffs. In the AFC West, <laughs> making the playoffs. 
and hanging with the AFC champion until the very end. Yeah, that's a close game, man. They played him close. Derek Carr, career year for him, you could say. One of, one of his best seasons yet, carrying that team to the playoffs with all the different things that went on on the roster, right, or throughout the entire season, right? So, yeah, super impressive. We definitely swung and, you know, missed on that one. <laughs> that was a whiff. <laughs> we both had the Eagles finishing last in the NFC East, yeah. but – they ended up making the playoffs. Didn't have a great showing in the playoffs, but they made no. it. We were both talking during that time about them being the number one pick in the draft. I thought they were going to win maybe five games. <laughs> I was thinking around. Thing. I think five is kind of what we were putting them at, right? But, yeah, didn't expect as good a season. I didn't think uh, Nick Sirianni was going to work out the way that he did. I didn't know. I didn't know what Jalen Hurts was going to do. I didn't know that offensive line was going to play so well. The run game was going to you know flourish. So, Missed on that, you know, and I am an NFC East a guy. I, I think I think I did predict Washington's record spot on though, didn't I? You didn't. You did predict seven and ten for Washington. But I know the football team or the Commanders. Yeah, the Commanders. The, yeah, Commanders. We, we haven't talked about that yet. Terrible name. I don't mind the name. Oh, I really? Think, I think think I think everyone just wants to hate it because it's new. Maybe it's I don't, me. I, don't, I I I don't mind the name. I think it's a fine name. The jerseys are terrible. Jerseys are terrible. They kind of ripped the, off another team that's a Commanders. Yeah. Like yeah. they're like take command or something. Like there's another team called the Commanders, and in, in some other, I don't know what specifically it is. And it's the, their thing is like take command, and that's exactly what <laughs> what Washington's doing as well. So I'm not sure. You know, maybe we'll have a lawsuit coming or anything like that. I kind of prefer football team. <laughs> Honest, I kind of preferred the football team, even though we made fun of they're the team without a name. So now we can't say that anymore. But seven and ten predicted that one. Yeah, pretty much spot on. We both had Philly finishing last. Both had the Raiders finishing last. Neither one of us had. Neither one of us had the Patriots making the playoffs. Yeah, neither one of us had that. You were a little bit higher. I think. Yeah. You put, I think you put them at ten wins. I think yeah, I put them I at did. nine and eight. I put them at eight and nine, nine and eight. Um, so I, I was a little bit behind, but yeah, neither one of us had him had him making the playoffs. They obviously did. So I was I was also wrong. I'll come out and say this now. I was wrong on Mac Jones. He ended up becoming, you know, being the best quarterback in the class. And as far as the rookie season, he he was the best quarterback this year as far as those rookies, right? So I missed on that one. I still think I could have been right as far as how high that ceiling is in comparison to those other quarterbacks, but he made the Pro Bowl, made the playoffs. I missed on that one. I definitely missed. On that. I'll, I'll give you your props. You Mac Jones lover, you know, number one <laughs> fan over here. <laughs> I'm not Mac Jones number one fan, but he is. I, I I think he's better than a lot of people make him sound. Yeah. You were, you were always higher on him. You know, you, I, I was, I, I just simply didn't like him as the third overall pick. I love him. What would he go? 15th? Something like that around yeah, the 15th, yeah, yeah, right? 15th, so, I think. so I love him as the 15th overall. I just didn't love him as the third overall pick in the in the NFL draft, right? So we we both missed on the Seahawks. We both had the Seahawks in the playoffs. Obviously, hurt, I, yeah, obviously, no one saw the injury bug coming to he Seattle. Missed half this season, yeah. you know, and, so, and, when, and when, who knows if he plays all those games and he doesn't play hurt coming back. Yeah, he was not great when he first came back as well, right? So, and yeah, then, he never gets hurt. Who knows what it looks like? Uh, AFC North back. Yeah, in the AFC, AFC North, North was just a – we a did mess. not get anything right <laughs> in the AFC North. I had Cleveland winning the North. You had the Ravens. I had the Ravens. Both yeah, missed so, playoffs. Both, yeah, we're tied for last place in the AFC North, right? So And 
We missed on that one, yeah. Yeah, our the standards were literally opposite of how we predicted. We predicted oh, no the Bengals way. to be last in yeah, the they were first. division. They were first. We predicted yeah. the Steelers to be third. They were second. Yeah, and, and then, then boom, 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 right? Last, yeah, last. and the other ones are both eight and nine. They yeah. went right. They both. Went yeah, in. yeah. So, so we, the we Bengals were obviously uh, the Bengals were obviously our hugest, our biggest miss. That was they no were, doubt number one. Yeah, the you know yeah, I mean the, 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 the AFC champion, and we had them going five and twelve. Or we were we were six winded and up. eleven. You know, trying to trying to hit a home run on that one, and we ended up just absolutely whiffing, turning in a circle, falling on our back as Tanner did just I think today when Tanner fell <laughs> when he fell down his stairs earlier. You know, I had to throw that out there. Uh, so that was us. You slipping on and missing missing that stair. That was that 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 was me and you uh, talk talking about the Bengals preseason. We did not see that one coming. Uh, obviously, finished uh, first in the NFC North, and uh, we predicted them becoming last and no one saw them making it this far into the postseason obviously right so our biggest miss had to be the, had to be uh the, the the Bengals our biggest hit I'm probably saying it's seven out of eight division winners that yeah probably yeah I, our biggest I think that's hit. the most impressive thing we had uh to keep going on misses that we had we yeah, both had Najee Harris winning offensive rookie of the year he played good this year yeah. You know, yeah. like it's something yeah, like, yeah, he, he was not he was good, but he wasn't running, close though. to Jamar Chase or, <laughs> or anything. even Mac Jones, obviously. Yeah, he, he, he had a really good season, too. So, uh, oh, our yeah. coach I, of the year predictions yeah, oh, were John Harbaugh and Bruce Arians. I had Bruce Arians. Whenever Tanner showed me that, it's like, told me I had Bruce Arians preseason. I almost, I honestly didn't believe you. I was like, I had Bruce Arians winning coach of the year. So, that's a miss, man. That was a, ooh, that was a miss. Profits player of the year. We had Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey. I think I picked McCaffrey, didn't I? Yeah, and I picked Jackson. And they both missed a lot of time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> hey, if Lamar never gets hurt, eh, Cooper Cup is still going to win it. But Lamar was playing you know, halfway through the season. Lamar was playing phenomenal. He had a great year, or at least half, half season, obviously, right? So he didn't see that one coming. Uh, what MVP, I ended up going with Patrick Mahomes. You went with Tom Brady. So we talked about that. You could get that kind of unlikely at this point in time, but he's going to get votes. Yeah. You know, he's at least going to get some MVP votes. That I completely whiffed on Mahomes on his team. We obviously had a really bad first quarter, first half of the season. People were saying, oh, you know, obviously I, I was, I was ringing the alarm, you know, the, the, the panic button and stuff like that on the chiefs. Obviously made the AFC championship game still, but missed on that one. I also, what I, yeah, I had the chiefs making winning the super bowl. You had Tampa winning the super bowl. So we both missed on those obviously too, but I'm happy about my, uh, my, I know my defense, apparently Tanner, TJ Watt and Micah Parsons. <laughs> apparently I, I, I know how to, how, how to call hey, them. On, you're on the a defensive side. scout. I'm pretty sure. That's what it so looks like. Team should call up Casey to come spot defensive talent for you. If you need a coordinator. If you need a GM, my line's open. Not getting that many calls right now, honestly. So my my line is open, people out there. I know I know the one of the broadcasters for I think it's Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football is interviewing for the Pittsburgh GM. Oh, spot. oh, Lewis Reddick. Yeah, Reddick. Thank you. You never know. Never know. We're right. Kind of cool. if, we're gonna we'll kind of see if I can get a call there. Oh, but yeah, that's where we miss. You know, that's where we hit. That's where. We, and any more before we move on though, Tanner? As far as big hits or misses. No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was fun to revisit, and uh, obviously we'll, we'll have to do the same thing for the NBA. Uh, you know, when when that season comes to it'll be simpler. Obviously... I made a I made a graphic. 
Oh yeah, we got a graphic for the NBA, so we'll simply look at that on our Instagram page, and no, you know, no, no hard work. Uh, we'll, we'll make it easy on ourselves for the NBA season, obviously, right? But talking about the NBA, a lot's going on, man. I love the trading deadline, in my opinion, as far as the NFL or even the MLB. The, the, the NBA has the most fascinating and exciting trade deadline in sports, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say for sure a lot of sports I care about. I, I think the baseball deadline is usually pretty active as well, but I don't really yeah. care about baseball that much. So, Same. yeah, I, I would agree with you. Same, yeah. So we're both leading the NBA. Uh, you know, it's been packed, though. Obviously, we're recording here on a Tuesday night heading into Wednesday, but recording here on a Tuesday night. A lot happened today. It felt like almost every hour I was checking Twitter and there was a Woj bomb. You know, Woj dropping bombs on us out there, right? So Woj kind of had the advantage over Shams. Uh, you know, today, at least, they kind of go head to head. Woj had all the bombs today. Uh, but if it's cool with you, let's start with the big one, the one that kind of got the most backlash, and that was the Pacers and the Kings. So let's let's break down the trade. The Pacers traded DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a second-round pick to the Sacramento Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Tanner, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on this trade when it first went down? Did you understand the backlash? You know, what, what were your overall thoughts on this one? I, I was indifferent to this trade. I really yeah. don't think it makes either team good. Both these teams are still bad teams. Bottom tier. But, yeah. but I like the pairing of De'Aaron Fox with a big and Sabonis. I think that makes a little more sense than being just a solely guard-centric team like right. they've been with mm-hmm. Halbert and Heald being the other pieces in Sacramento. So that makes a little bit of sense. And the Pacers, they're trying to blow this thing up. They're trying to go get as many young players as you can, get resources. So makes sense to get Halbert and Heald. They're both younger players. Yeah, both guys who have, you know, have played pretty well so far in the league. The short amount of time, Buddy, obviously longer, a lot longer than Tyrese. This is only his second year. Both guys have had success. Both guys should continue to have success throughout their career. My initial reaction was about the same. A little indifferent. I didn't I didn't quite understand everybody freaking out. Obviously, if I'm the Kings, I would want to hold on to a guy in Tyrese Halliburton. He's a very promising player, averages 14 points, seven assists a game, over 40% from three. But this is not a terrible trade by any means for the Sacramento Kings. Do people understand what kind of player DeMontis Sabonis is? He's averaging 19 points, 12 rebounds. That's fourth in the NBA. Five assists on 58% shooting tenor, almost 60% from the floor. So this guy is as efficient as, you know, more efficient than anybody else practically in the league as far as high volume shooting. Was an all-star last year. I think he's one of the better power forwards in basketball. I say he's a top five power forward yeah. in the league. I didn't understand everyone freaking out. They 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 got the the best player right now. And he's not old. In that trade, the best player was definitely Demonte Sabonis. He's 25. He's 25. He's not old. He's 25 years old. This guy has so much more room to grow and get better. And Sacramento has him under contract for the next several seasons now, right? So I like it. You said it, uh, pairing him and and De'Aaron Fox. I like it more for the Kings than I do the Pacers. Yeah, I, I like it about equally for both of people. We're talking about the Pacers just absolutely robbing the Kings here. And, like, 
Don't get me wrong. Tyrese Halliburton is a very nice young player. He's averaging 14 points right now. 14 points. It is, it is 17 or sorry, seven assists on 41% from the three point line. Those, those are nice numbers, but it's not like in his second year, he's putting up 20 and seven, you know, and he's having these phenomenal numbers. Don't get me wrong. I said, those are, those are very nice numbers for a 21 year old player in his second season in, in, in a system where he was playing behind other guards or there were you know, a lot of other guards playing heavy minutes like healed Fox uh, Davion Mitchell, who they just drafted this past year, obviously, right? So I, I didn't hate it. And as you said, they have a surplus. Sacramento had a surplus of guards. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, like I said, Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton. And it kind of seems like they chose De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell over Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. That's kind of what it comes down to. They picked those two guys instead of those. And I know that they were shopping De'Aaron Fox. He was definitely available in trade talks, but he has that big price tag that goes along. We just signed like a four-year, $170 million contract last season or the year before his first big contract. And the numbers are pretty nice. 21 points a game, five assists, you know, about one and a half over a steal per game, right? So he's also one of the fastest players in transition in the entire league. So I'm, I'm also more of a De'Aaron Fox myself when you're comparing him. Yeah, to yeah me as well. So we're both going with Fox over Halliburton. And as you know, and like I said, Halliburton was the more intriguing player than in comparison to Davion Mitchell. You want to go out and get the best player possible in DeMontis Sabonis. I really like this trade for both teams. And then on the flip side for the Pacers, they don't want to pay. Uh, you said earlier they've been rumored to kind of be blowing this thing up for a while now, but they don't want to pay uh, Sabonis anymore. They know, you know, even at his best, he's the leader of that team. They know they're still a borderline play-in tournament team at best. And they traded Karis LeVert because he's up for a contract this offseason as well. So they didn't want to pay LeVert. They didn't want to pay Sabonis. They have a new new head coach in Rick Carlisle. He wants his own guys. And they go out and get a very nice young point guard in Halliburton to kind of start building around. It kind of means Malcolm Brogdon more than likely on, on the way out sooner rather than later, probably in the offseason. Possibly Miles Turner as well. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Turner though. I'm thinking moving Sabonis might be a bigger move because instead of Sabonis at the center, now Miles Turner is going to be more of their starting center, right? So maybe I think Turner is probably going to have an even, an even, an even bigger role uh, now. Now that Sabonis is gone, so I like it for both teams. I think both teams got a little, I don't know, maybe got a little bit better. Obviously, Sabonis is the best player. Losing him for Indiana hurts, but as far as moving forward. I, I like building around a guy in Tyrese Halliburton who's shown he has a lot of promise going forward, right? So I like it. And I didn't understand all the backlash. All I all I saw yeah, all day. Yeah, was I, I did terrible, see a lot of hate on it. Terrible trade. So we agree. Not a terrible trade by any means. Yeah. Like I said, I'm more indifferent to it. I don't think it makes either team great or any or even no, good. It's not it's not making them a definitely a contender by any means. It's not saying they're definitely gonna make the postseason or anything like that. But I like it for both teams. I think Sabonis fits in Sacramento playing alongside De'Aaron Fox. And I think Tyrese Halliburton is a fine piece to start building your team around. Right. So I liked it a lot. I didn't understand all the backlash. So that was that one. That one definitely had obviously the, the biggest amount of backlash. So let's move on and talk about the other trades that went down. Uh, Portland, you know, Portland has been busy. They've had multiple trades, one on Tuesday, one, uh, I don't know if it was on Monday or Sunday, one earlier in the week. Uh, let's start with the first one, okay? We'll start with the first one where they traded. So Portland traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers. 
two of their very best players. Covington was their best defender, definitely best perimeter defender, right? So they trade Norman Powell, who was averaging 18 points a game, about 17, 18 points a game. Covington, their best defensive player, to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, not even in the rotation. Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, okay, and a 2025 second round pick. So multiple years from now, they're going to get a second rounder. Okay, so you have two of their their best players for scraps. For for nothing. So that was the first one. Then today, they traded C.J. McCollum, their cornerstone, you know, secondary player, Dame and C.J. We know them as one of the better backcourts. The last five to ten years, they've been one of the better backcourts in the league. C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell, famous for the 0 0 0 0 0 0 game in 25 minutes played. Right, that's the, He hasn't missed Tony. a free throw in three years. No way. Has yeah. he taken one? <laughs> Has he taken one? <laughs> I think that's a fair point, too. Either way, you know, the famous Tony Snell, we know what he's famous for, nothing good. But yeah, McCollum, Nance, and Snell to the Pelicans. Okay, to New Orleans for Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, uh, Alexander Walker, and Didi Lazuda, or Lazada, I'm sorry, as well as a 2022 protected first-round pick and two future second-rounders. So they got one first-round pick, and I saw the details of this protected pick. They only get it if it's a top-five pick. Okay, so if the Pelicans have a one-through-five pick, it's going to go to the Trailblazers. Outside of that, they get a few another future first-round pick, and who knows when. We're going to end up getting that. And then two future second rounders. So you trade C.G. McCollum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Larry Nance, four of your best players, of your very best players. And what do you get in return? Josh Hart. Josh Hart, <laughs> and who, who, who's a good rotational player. Don't get me wrong. A nice three, you know, a, a nice defender, uh, an okay rotational guy. Kinda. Yeah, kind of exactly that. <laughs> and, and 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 maybe you get a first round pick. Maybe you get a first round pick. Not to mention what they gave up. Remember when they got uh, Robert Covington and Larry Nance, they gave up three first round picks for those two players. And then to get Norman Powell, they gave up Gary Trent Jr., who's been having who's been playing the best basketball of his career in Toronto. It makes what do you think yeah, about that, yeah. Trey Tanner? What what uh, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's terrible for the Blazers. I think the Blazers are going full rebuild. I I really think Dame is going to get moved. But I saw, isn't he having... Uh, he had abdominal surgery in yeah. December. In December. Yeah. So who knows when he's going to be back on the court, if if at all. for the So they have got to be at least mailing it in for the remainder of this year. Like, yeah, they're tanking the, for, the Blazers for aren't going to do anything at all if their best case scenario with cj i think was play in tournament oh, without this him year? yeah yeah without yeah. him and norman powell the, the yeah, yeah second best scorers like yeah 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 they're terrible and they need to get rid of dame because dame deserves better hopefully he goes to you see what he said the other day he said I, I'm, I'm a great captain as they do i'm gonna go down with my ship i'm gonna go down my what are you talking about? This isn't the Titanic. Like, like, what are you talking about, Damian Lillard? You want to waste away your career? Talk to Kevin Garnett. 
cut to Kevin Garnett, great individual success, not much team success whatsoever, went to a content, went to a good team, won a championship, and now that's what we think of a lot of when we think of Kevin Garnett, him winning with the Boston Celtics, a big three winning that championship. And the thing is, you, you know, it seems like, as you said, very smartly so, it seems like they're going towards a rebuild or a, a reboot, but they're coming out and saying, no, we're doing this just so we can rebuild around Damian Lillard by giving away all of Which our I don't best believe. players for nothing, for absolutely nothing. But there is, because there is a little bit of positive, not to say it's all negative, it's 90% negative, don't get me wrong, but there's a little bit of positive from these trades. They created a $21 million trade exception. So they can use that trade exception to trade for a player around the $20 million range as far as salary goes which is usually going to be a decent player. And then they potentially can create, if they continue on and don't sign any other players or anything like that, they could have $60 million this summer in cap space. And we know James Harden, Bradley Beal, these guys could be free agents here, here, uh, here, here. Bradley Beal just had season ending surgery. He just on his wrist. He's out for the rest of the year as well. But the problem is, let me know if I'm wrong here, Tanner. Is Portland a hot destination for free agents? Absolutely not. Does anybody want to go to Portland? No. No one wants to go out there. Okay? Dane is getting so, moved, right? I, I, Yeah, so you, you can't tell me the sky is purple when I'm staring right at it and I see that it's blue. Okay, you, you can't tell me. You can't tell me you're building around Damian Lillard, yet you're moving every single one of his best players and you're not getting enough, not a, a satisfactory return whatsoever right so that's how i feel i think dame has got to be on the move you know whether it's this summer it's not going to be during the trading deadline because he's heard not going to be able to play who knows when he's going to play next so it's not going to be going to be before thursday no russell westbrook damian lillard swaps for all you delusional laker <laughs> fans out there that is sorry to break it to you that that's not going to be happening and, and kendrick nunn and Taylor horton tucker and your seven second round picks also is not enough to get a player like that either the biggest thing for me though is the fact that you trade three first round picks for guys in Covington and Nance. You trade Gary Trent Jr., a promising young player, and you get Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and, and Josh Hart. That's what you turn that into? And and if you're Damian Lillard, you want to stay there? That's who you trust? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the decisions that they're making? Exactly. It, idiotic is just the nicest word I can even think of, you know, that's the nicest thing I think of when you're describing this, this, this front office. So it makes no sense. I think, I think you could have got more than just one possible first rounder for all those guys. When you gave up all those to get yeah. in the first place, you get one first round pick in return. When you're talking about that Clipper trade, especially you give them two of your best players for nothing. It seems like it was kind of like, Hey Clippers, you know, you give me this, I give you, Nothing. That's kind of what it was in return, right? And that's that's exactly what happened. So I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And to your point, I do think I think we we can both agree. Dame has got to be on the move this summer. He's up for an extension this summer. You can only hope he does the right thing and turns it down. And uh, ask for a trade or if anything plans. I, I think he'll be under contract for one more year. But at least ask for a trade if not plan to be a free agent in that following summer. So let's hope makes no sense what they're doing uh, that, that, uh, but for the Pelicans, let's talk about the Pelicans on the flip side. Cause they did get a guy in CJ McCollum. And I think that's going to help their team a decent, yeah, amount. Absolutely. A, veteran, a veteran scorer to come and kind of take a load off. There's no Zion. He's going to help BI. I like that trade for, uh, for new Orleans. 
definitely. Yeah, yeah, I like the trade for New Orleans a lot. If Zion can ever return, if we ever see him play basketball again, this is going to be a really nice big three between Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. Can we we'll say, say big like, three? We'll say like big two because Zion's one and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum are halves. Yeah, they're okay. I like that. A big two. There's three guys. We'll say it's a big two. Uh, it, it's a nice addition, though. A veteran score, kind of, you know, teach BI, teach Zion. I, I don't want to say how to win because he hasn't done that much winning in his career, ultimately. They've been a good, they've been good regular season teams, right? So he knows how to kind of win in the regular season. But it is nice for them to add a score like that, especially with Zion not playing and them not knowing when he's going to be returning. I saw them putting out the uh, starting five. Like Zion, Bi, Balanchunas, McCullum, and whoever else you want to stick in there at that at that final five spot, but that's not a bad starting five by any means. That's a that's a good enough roster or five to make to make the playoffs. We got, but we got to see it first. We got to see it as you were talking about for Kyrie and the Nets. I'm gonna say it here as you say it for Zion. Them, yeah, we got to see it first before we can say, oh yeah, this is gonna be a really good starting five. So those were the big trades that went on, though. Uh, two, it's not every trading deadline you get two almost blockbuster trades like that, you know. So we were kind of. I don't know, know how blockbuster they were. They, they were it, big trades. The the Pacers one, you could say block. That, that's an all star got moved for a promising on play. I'm gonna call that a blockbuster move. But I would say two very big trades went on in, in the same day. We still have a couple of days until the trading deadline as well, Tanner. What you said, uh, and, and, and Karis Levert got traded. Oh, thank you so much for reminding me. Karis Levert to the Cavs makes that Cleveland team even deeper. He's also from Ohio. That's that's a match made having and he reunites with Jared Allen and they play together in Brooklyn. So it's funny how they get traded. They both end up on the same team uh, in, in Cleveland, and we just know how great Cleveland has been this year. So, yeah, that's really yeah, that's I a think really nice move. I think they're trying to make a run at winning the East. Hey, it's it's pretty much wide open. They don't have that one star like yet yet Giannis. Obviously, when, when you're looking at the Nets, they have a guy in Kevin Durant. They don't have that one guy, but as far as the, the total roster goes, that's got to be, I don't want to say the deepest, but it's in the running for the deepest roster in the Eastern Conference. First, they, they have Kevin Love being their sixth man right now. You know, and, and, and Colin Sexton hasn't even played. You know, he's been playing, but he hasn't played the majority of the year. He got hurt early in the season, right? So this team, you don't want to count them out. You don't want to count this Cavs team out. It's a very nice trade, adding a very nice young score in Levert. He's up for a contract this summer. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing since they went through with the trade, a first-round pick, I believe they traded for him. They're going to extend him this summer and keep him uh, as a Cavalier. So those were the ones. Thank you, Tanner, for reminding me of the, of the Levert trade. But we still have time for more trades to go down Thursday. You said 3 p.m. Eastern? Yep. As that's what that's when the deadline is, right? So talks between the Nets and the Sixers. Yeah. Hopefully that trade gets done. They come out. So Steve Nash is coming out and saying, no, nothing's happening. But what does he know? He doesn't even know how to coach, quite honestly. So what does he know? I, I would have kicked a guy in Kenny Atkinson if I was the Brooklyn Nets. He's now an assistant coach on the Warriors. Thank you so much for letting him go. Uh, either, either way, I, I think it's possible. But I, I'm honestly on like a less than 50% that this thing goes through. I don't know if it's that likely. Just because the Sixers have held out this long. Yeah. What's changed? You know? Yeah. Like what, what, what we, I mean, James Harden is worth a lot, though. He's not having the best. And that hamstring continues to go out. He keeps having that same problem he had in last year's playoffs. He continues to be hurting that hamstring. 
hasn't had we saw his start to this season wasn't the best he's kind of played better here in the middle when he's been out there obviously right but I, I would do it if I were the 76ers Ben Simmons not playing for you anyway I would trade him for a guy in, in, in James Harden but are the Nets are they going to punt on the season or punt on their big three are they going to say okay we're not because they haven't been able to have those three for a series you know, for an extended period amount of time so do they I give think up Ben Simmons kind of works on the Nets he definitely works on the Nets. He doesn't need the ball. He's a great defender, you know, and in a guy in Harden and those three playing together, the big thing was there's only one ball. Not all three guys can have the ball in their hands. Well, Ben Simmons doesn't need the ball. He can make cuts. He can play off the ball, play great defense. You know, he can assist the ball, you know, create open shots for others. He's not going to be focused on scoring 20 a night. He definitely fits in Brooklyn. I just have a feeling it's it's just not going to happen, even though I think it would make both teams probably better at this point in time, you know? And Ben Simmons probably going to play more games. Harden has been had a lot of injury, probably going to play more games. I would I would like it. I, I, I would I would send it right now. Yeah, I think it makes both teams better, in my opinion. It kind of does. So, both guys. So I, I wish both teams would do it. But what yeah. other trades do you want to see happen? So the Lakers are definitely yeah. – they're making I'm calls. hoping the Lakers wheel and deal. Hopefully they get a whole new roster. Like uh, when LeBron's last year in Cleveland when they yep. just scrapped the, the whole roster and brought in Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and all those different guys, right, which helped them get to an NBA Finals, obviously. Obviously LeBron was 95% of that run, but those guys definitely helped in comparison to what they had before and aging Dwayne Wade. Isaiah Thomas wasn't working out and stuff like that, obviously, you know, but – the Lakers are making calls on Westbrook. The rumor is no one wants to take on a $44 million contract for an aging player who is no longer the same player he was, obviously. So that's tough. Westbrook, I'm going to say 100%. He's not going to be moved before the deadline. It's really hard for me to believe, you know, what what team would take on that contract and then what other, you know, what could they get? What is the value on Russell Westbrook right now? I think it's pretty small. I do think though they can make a small trade, like maybe they get like a trade Kent Bazemore, maybe trade like Taylor Horton Tucker, try and get like a Terrence Ross or an Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's out there. I think he could still, you know, help help a a, a contending team. Very good three point shooter can still defend at a at a decent level, right? So I, I would be okay with Eric Gordon or Terrence Ross, but I think that's best case scenario. I don't see any big move coming for this team. What about you? Yeah, I mean they have guys that. No one really wants. They have old yeah. players that, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the guys you trade for to try to make a title run. No one that has guys you're gonna get wants these old players in return. They don't have picks. They don't have. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think they have a single first round pick. If they do, they might have one. I think they have seven second rounders. But how valuable are second round picks? Maybe if you're talking to the Trailblazers, um, but 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 no one else really values those second round picks as much. Uh, your Bucks, though, your Bucks are in talks. Yeah. Maybe go out and try to acquire a center. Yeah, I'm hoping we get another piece to add to this team because right now we're just not good enough, and we're we definitely miss Brook Lopez. So, I mean, he was huge, He's a great rim defender, a great three point shooter for you guys. He was a big part of that championship run, obviously last year, right? And he hasn't played all season, pretty much. He played yeah. like five minutes, pretty much at the start of the year, right? So hasn't played all year. 
Uh, you have Giannis, though, you, who you guys can place. I don't, I don't want to even say small because he's nearly seven feet tall, and they can definitely still play the center position. <laughs> and then you have Bobby Portis to play the four, stuff like that. But there are a lot of rumors going out there. Maybe a Jacob you know, a Jakob Pirtle. I think he plays for the Spurs right now. Someone like that has definitely been floated out there. You guys could go out there and get one of those centers. People are talking about Golden State perhaps making a move, but I, they're not going to trade James Wiseman. They're not going to trade Moses Moody. I think I think Golden State's gonna 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 stand pat. Uh, you you could say they need a center. I mean, it makes sense. They have a really good record. Why would you? Oh yeah, change second, what they got going on. Second best record in the NBA. You know, coming up, they're coming up close on Phoenix. Not too far away from from the Phoenix Suns for that number one seed. I definitely think it's possible Golden State passes them and, and becomes the number one seed in the Western Conference. But uh, yeah, it makes sense, Stan. Pat, you, they just don't have without James Wiseman. I think the tallest player on the team is six foot nine, maybe six foot ten. Uh, so it's it's just a small roster. Obviously, they've had great success so far. But if you match up with a Rudy Gobert in round one, obviously you can say maybe you run him off the court by playing small ball, which we have seen before. Uh, but you can also say you know Gobert averaging fifteen rebounds is going to dominate them on the glass. You know, so there there are areas for concern. Even though Kevon Looney is having a career year. Uh, has played phenomenal, especially since Draymond has been hurt. He, he's been great, especially defensively for this team. So we'll see. I don't. I don't expect any moves by the Golden State Warriors. Milwaukee, watch out for them. Maybe trading Divincenzo for you know someone like that. Yeah, they've been rumored to move him a bunch. He's going to be a free agent, so might as well get something for him because you don't want to pay him the amount of money he's probably going to want, right? So move him, one of your two guards, since you have a decent amount of those. Try and get a center, which you've been without pretty much all year. Uh, but that's pretty much all that's going on on the trading deadline. There's always some things you don't necessarily see coming. Like we didn't necessarily see CJ McCollum going to the Pelicans mm-hmm. here during the deadline. We didn't necessarily see Norman Powell, you know, going to the Clippers, which helps them a bunch. Clippers, when they get back at full strength, they'll have Powell for a number of years. Same thing with Covington. That's going to be a deep roster. Okay. That's that. Those are some very nice, nice additions to that Clipper team. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. Especially if, Kawhi returns. Uh, I, you know, Paul George he, has he, missed a lot of time too, but who knows when it comes playoff time, who knows who's going to be healthy if they can get out there and because they're still in a playing spot at this point. I think mm-hmm. they have a better record than the, than the Lakers, I believe, at this Which point is crazy. in time. Which is frustrating if, if, you're, yeah. if, you, if you're a Laker fan or even a LeBron supporter by any means. That That is frustrating right there. But that's pretty much all that's going on or has gone on so far. Might see some moves uh, but by those teams we just talked about. But, man, I am still scratching my head as far as those Portland Trailblazers go. Like, how can you get, give away all those players? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, looking forward to it, though, the uh, NBA All-Star break is, gonna, is just over – you know, two weeks away, and you're just just less than two weeks away. I believe February 20th is the All Star Game, so we're getting closer and closer to that. I know Tanner and I, as as the NFL season comes to a close this week, gonna talk even more basketball, more NBA as the season heats up and comes to an end, right? But Tanner, it's Super Bowl week. I got the Bengals. You got the Rams. I'm excited, man. Looking but forward to it. Go Bengals. Who day? Go Bengals. Who day? We're both rooting for Cincinnati this weekend for sure. Uh, that's about it, though, for this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. Go follow us on Twitter, Dudes Talking underscore pod. Follow us on Instagram, Dudes underscore talking underscore pod. And on whatever platform you are listening, I'll leave us a comment, review, or whatever that platform allows. Tanner, I think that's it for this week's episode, my man. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you for the continued support. We'll see you next week. Go Bengals.
right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner Fylde. going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.